0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast.
1: You're in for a treat. We have Aaron and Jennifer Smith, best selling authors, and mm-hmm. they have this incredible journey they've been on praying in their marriage so practical too.
0: Well, we just loved connecting with them. It's a very easy conversation because we walked with them in life and they're just really near and dear friends of ours. And so we just both were able to share about how prayer has impacted our lives. And um, even talking about candidly, like what are some obstacles that men or women potentially struggle with when it comes to praying together as a couple? So I think that this this conversation, this podcast is super relevant to marriages today.
1: Listen to it and then Mm -hmm. listen to it again with your spouse. It will dramatically help your marriage. Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
0: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
1: And Isaac from Resolute Man, together pursuing the mission to impact 10 million families and their legacies for the kingdom of God.
0: We've been married for 23 years and are seeing the fruit from raising our nine children biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
1: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children as too many from Christian families are walking away from their faith by the age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way, it shouldn't be this way.
0: We're praising the Lord that the ministry continues to expand and impact more legacies we couldn't do this without you, whether you pray for us, give us five-star reviews, or share on social.
1: Or even if you purchase courses and merch or join the Be Courageous Act community, enjoy the coffee or support financially. We're so thankful you are a big part of the 10 Million Legacies movement.
0: If you want access to all the episodes, show notes, and other biblically-based resources, go to BeCourageousMinistry.org.
1: Join us as we start another important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, so great to have you both on the podcast. Gosh, it's good to see you guys.
2: Hello to you and everyone <laughs> listening.
1: <laughs> we have Aaron and Jennifer Smith, longtime friends, but also have just a compelling, helpful ministry on marriage. Mm-hmm. We're so glad to have you here. So
0: Yeah, you guys when we were talking about your book a few months ago when you were sharing that with us, we were like, Oh, we should have them on again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although I really want to just be in your guys' living living room with you.
0: Like, over yeah, you want that too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. need to come out.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you got to come visit. Bring the yeah. bring the crew. Uh, miss <laughs> your kids too. So, what what we we've, we've spent some good times together in life and in, in journey and so forth. In fact, uh, we appreciate you guys just encouraging us uh, to start a podcast, even. And mm-hmm. uh, really, you've been just such good friends. And but I think everybody here listening um, is going to be delighted by this because. God has really touched your marriage in a way to help so many other marriages. I mean, just the, the amount of marriages that are helped by the ministry, you guys do marriage after God, is just amazing. So we're really excited to talk with you about it.
0: Awesome. So maybe a, a good like starting question for those who maybe don't know much about your life is to kind of share. I know it's kind of a lot. You guys have been married 16 years, right? Yep.
3: Yeah, almost 17. <laughs>
0: and a lot happens in that amount of time yeah. yeah, of admit, yeah. that's right and seasons right yep. but I thought that maybe to give you guys an opportunity to kind of share like where did your marriage start out did you start out praying strong together and like unity or you want to share your story <laughs>
2: Yeah. So Aaron and I, we, I feel like we both grew up having a foundation of prayer, um, from people in our life closest to us. And for me, I would say my mom, you know, from time to time would encourage us kids to pray, but really it was my aunt. My aunt would be the one where we'd be driving and see a car accident. And she's like, everybody, we got to, pray for this person and pray for the ambulance and pray for all these people. And so she gave us the room as kids to like learn how to pray. And I really appreciate that. And I think that just established in me this, this desire to want to be close to God. Um, And as I got older, it was just a maturing in the faith of knowing how vital prayer is to the Christian faith. And so, when and Aaron, do you want to share? your Yeah. And I had
3: a, Uh, Similarly, but my parents, both uh, being first generation Christians, my dad prayed with us every night before bed. Uh, My mom prayed with us all the time. If anything ever happened, it was like, let's pray. Um, If I was scared at night, let's pray. If school was hard, let's pray. And so I, I, I kind of I thought that was a normal thing was, you know, prayer was a normal thing. And I, you know, as we've been growing up, going through marriage and talking to lots of couples over the years and getting comments and messages, um, it's more common that people don't pray or they don't know how to pray out loud or they're afraid to or feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable so um it was something natural for me when we were dating i would pray with you and you would pray with me every night before we like left to go home to or our, even if we
2: homes. were talking to each other on the phone we'd pray before we hung up and yeah or like hey this
3: thing's going on in my life and i'd be like let me pray for you or you'd mm-hmm. pray for me so we were praying with each other right away uh and in ministry and all all of these things even before we were married prayer was just it was what we did. It was always what we did.
2: Now, I do want to include that um, my hang up with prayer happened after I got married. <laughs> so I That's thought true. I had this ideal, you know, perfect image of marriage and that it was going to be perfect and all these things were going to be wonderful and beautiful in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And things weren't. And that... we deserved
3: it because we did all the right things and we, and we, <laughs> okay. we waited and we everything. God owes us this.
2: <laughs> okay, yes. So I've been refined a lot over the years. But uh, in that, you know, those first first handful of years um my faith was really rocked because i did have these expectations of marriage and when those things were not happening i was frustrated and i was angry and i was hurt and i just felt like i don't want to keep going to god for these things because nothing's changing nothing's happening yeah. and um i don't know if it was burnout or just an emotional like cold shoulder i was giving god but that was a really hard moment for me when it came to just my personal prayer life And I remember nights with, because we would argue for praying together was at night before we went to bed. And there were nights that I did not want to pray. And I, I remember Aaron praying over us still, and it was such a huge encouragement to me because I was stubborn. I didn't want to in the moment say thank you to him for doing it. But I am so grateful that you were able to spiritually stand in the gap for us and remain faithful in prayer, even though it didn't happen every single night. And I know you had your own frustrations. In that time period. Yeah. But it really held us together and it really gave us a lot of hope in those times of. of And it was,
3: it was, prayer was really one of the only things that I, because nothing made sense. Like I'm, everyone's wondering what was going on in the first four and a half years of our marriage, but we had issues sexually and we had a lot of pain and things weren't working the way we expected them to work. And then on top of that, all of the normal frustrations of newlywed life and learning how to live with each other and having different perspectives and different opinions and different ideas Challenges about how things and should work.
2: Finances. And Everything's just building a home. Compounding. Yeah.
3: Um, prayer. I, I, I didn't have any answers outside of like, okay, God, I, I have no idea how to fix this. I have no idea what to, so I'm just going to keep coming to you. And, and hopefully you, you listen, hopefully you are going to work. Hopefully you'll change my wife. Hopefully you'll change me. Um, and so I was eventually getting to a point of like, well, this, you just don't seem to be listening to me <laughs> and getting just as frustrated. It took me longer. Um, I, I feel like I held on a little bit longer, but it was at that moment of that, of that almost ready to like let go and be like, I can't, this isn't working. It doesn't seem like you're listening, is when God spoke to me, when God answered and he's like, well, he's like, are you ready to listen now? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so,
1: and what prayer is.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well, that was when he, you know, he, he addressed my heart on a very deep level of not just very similar to what he said to um, Paul when he's like, I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to address your prayer to get removed this thorn. I'm just going to tell you that my grace is enough. And so he kind of did that. He didn't address the thing that I've been praying for, for years. He addressed my view of my wife. He addressed my, my, view of marriage, he addressed my view of him. And I was like, dang, okay. And so he, his challenge to me was like, are you going to, are you going to hold against your wife things that I don't even hold against you? Are you going to, are you going to love her as Christ loves the church?
2: Regardless of circumstances. Even if
3: I never answer your other prayers, Mm -hmm. are you going to do the thing that I've already called you to? Are you going to, are you going to trust me? Are you going to, are you going to follow me in these things? And it wasn't until I surrendered to that, that we started to see answers to other things. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a pretty powerful thing. But if we weren't praying, if we, if I was just silent before God and kind of just going through the motions and just playing Christian, quote unquote, I, I don't we wouldn't have made it Amen. at all. God, I wouldn't have been able to hear God, you know, call me out on those things. And so it's why we've ever since we've, we've started this ministry, which started pretty much right after that scenario with me and God and us kind of coming out of that hard season and being beginning to be healed and transformed and God calling us out on these things and us repenting, um, is, was the birth of this ministry. And prayer was a central part of that from the very beginning, sending out daily marriage prayers for the last 12 years. And then it's turned into books. (laughs) So
1: it's so great. Prayer is so powerful.
0: Well, and I remember when I first met you, Jen, and, and we were meeting because we found each other in a, (laughs) what was it? It was a, um, we were blogging on somebody's yeah. book launch team or something. We found yeah, it blogs shows.
3: were a thing once they were huge.
2: That's, yeah,
0: that's right. They were huge. Well, they brought our friendship together.
2: Right. Well, and we had just moved to central Oregon at the same time. And I was like, I think, yeah. Who reached out to who? I don't remember at the time. I don't, I don't remember either, but we met,
0: we met to talk about redeeming childbirth. You, okay. you were pregnant with I was all pregnant. of you. You didn't know it.
2: Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember that. Oh yeah, Elliot was he in the school outside strictly organic. Yeah. <laughs> but, Is that like eight or nine years ago, huh? Yeah.
2: yeah. it
0: was a long time ago. And I but I remember when we were um just getting to know each other and you know, looking at the things that we both were doing and seeing so much like-mindedness, one of the things that I love the most hmm. was that you were constantly posting prayers on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And it was like every day and i remember at one point being like how does she have time to be putting a post up every single day (laughs) like you know it was just like but i was like but it's a prayer yeah it's a prayer like that how sweet like when you're a busy mom and like all you have in you to if you do one thing what is that one thing you're going to do and that you are putting out prayers yeah Yeah. and that like showed me the true heart of your ministry well
1: Mm -hmm. i love to because prayer it's a posture of humility Mm-hmm. And it's it's sharing something with your spouse, but you're sharing it to God and your spouse mm-hmm. is right there. So what mm-hmm. a beautiful way to share your heart when sometimes it can be uncomfortable to share your heart in communication. God pulls mm-hmm. out of us, mm-hmm. our hearts in front of our spouse, mm-hmm. and that can be so healing and just an incredible thing. So it's, I love that too, because it's also a posture of surrendering to God's will. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Instead
1: yeah. of our will, and so many marriages get stuck because they're both operating in their own strength. Mm-hmm. And this is just a beautiful expression of, wow, bringing God into your daily marriage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is so powerful.
2: Yeah. I think what you just said about, um, giving them kind of like a peek into your heart when they're praying to God and you get, you get to sit there and just kind of listen in. I think that's been such a beautiful part of our relationship is being able to hear one another's hearts, the things that we're going through, the things that we care to pray about and our perspectives about it. And just that plea to God of either change me or change the circumstance or, you know, whatever needs to happen, God, like I'm all yours and I want your will to be done. Um, I, I think that's been a really cool way to get to know each other.
3: Yeah. And we've also we've discovered that the reason a lot of couples don't pray together out loud, they may have their own prayer life or maybe they don't. But often it, there's a trepidation, there's a fear of that level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Other intimacy is a lot easier than that level of what you just talked about. And so there's this this fear of like, well, if I Open my mouth. First of all, I'm going to stumble. Like I'm going to. I don't know if I'm going to say the right things. I don't know if I'm going to. I'm going to sound silly or dumb. And then the second part of that is like, what we truly talk to God about. Are we ready to reveal that in front of our spouse? Mm -hmm. And the reason we wrote the the marriage gift, this book, was to make it an easy stepping stone, an easy way to create a a pattern and to break through those those barriers of fear, Mm -hmm. to get to a, a level of intimacy with your spouse that you probably have never experienced before because praying with your spouse is one of the most intimate things you can do. Mm -hmm. Truly talking to God when you go before God and to enter into his throne room and you do that with your spouse and you bring up, like you you said, Isaac, those things that are in your heart that maybe you haven't brought up before Mm -hmm. uh, or never have brought up out loud. It just kind of exists there, either confessions or fears or doubts or insecurities um, and even things that you're thankful for sometimes like it's hard to say things that you're thankful for about your spouse and then when you say it to god it's like you're thankful for that about me wow and we desire to see marriages if if marriages can recognize this and get and get past that you know break that ice mm-hmm. like they're like oh yes okay it and is sometimes scary yeah, i want this
1: yeah what oh you broke up a little bit sorry about that oh
3: um just get past that fear and realize like wow this level of intimacy is so much better they their marriage will grow closer to each other they'll grow closer to god and they'll they'll definitely start seeing God move and, and speak and transform and change.
1: I have a question for you, Aaron, you know, guys listening in husbands um, you know, we're supposed to be men, masculine men, you know, leading yeah. our families. And sometimes I think that the the humility side of praying with your wife can expose weaknesses. This might be a fear of men yeah. might expose some weaknesses. Or if I let my wife know what I'm insecure about, if it's provision or if it's something I'm struggling with or these kinds of things, is that leading well and so um I just think people have that question, so I wanted to get your take on that
3: yeah we've we've kind of we've discussed this a few times in the past this idea that there's there, i think there's two main issues why men might have a hard time praying they love God, they probably pray silently, they probably you know pray at church. But this, there's a, there's, I think what you said nailed a, a good point is that humility level or that humility that we have to step into shows weakness. Cause that's exactly what that is. It's guess like, as, as Jesus, as God said, he's like, my, your weak. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You have to reveal that. Um, and, but we haven't been taught very well as men, not in the way the current society is, is, is saying, Hey, let's celebrate the weaknesses, like, oh, we could be frail. We could be weak. We could be this, but a a strength of, I'm going to, I'm going to shine light on those weaknesses for the sake of becoming stronger, becoming a better leader, becoming a, that's a, those are two different versions of humility. There's one that wants to celebrate the weaknesses. And there's one that wants to say, I'm going to shine a light on it because I don't want those weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if, if men can recognize that it's, we don't bring, we don't, Bring to light these things to just say, oh, that's who I am, and I'm just gonna bring it up so that you can all like live with it. And I'm gonna and that's I'm gonna keep it. But I want to bring it up because I, you know, as James says, if we confess our sins to one another to be healed, we don't confess it to just make them known and be like, Well, that's who I am. It's for the purpose of healing, for the purpose of strengthening, and the purpose of maturity, which is one of the most masculine things you can do, is not just recognize the weaknesses that you have, but figure out how to utilize them or change them and say, okay, I have this weakness. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to seek God specifically for growth in this area. And I'm going to allow my wife to walk with me in that and to uh, encourage me in that.
2: And from a wife's perspective, I think um, I I could see how it would be hard to share that insecurity or weakness, uh, wanting growth in a certain area for you to expose that. But from a wife's point of view, like if you did that, I feel encouraged to know that you're aware of those weaknesses yeah. and to want to come alongside you and encourage you in them. Um, especially if I do see growth in those areas, like Which it's like my eyes are open to it. Builds and- trust, right? Yeah.
3: Because then you, yeah. you trust that I'm not hiding. I'm not pre- pretending that those don't exist when you probably clearly see them already, right? Because <laughs> that's, our spouses see our, our weaknesses very clearly. Um, but when we reveal them, it, it it makes for a much safer zone of like, oh, he he's sharing what's true for the sake of changing that truth, for the sake of growing in that area, maturity. Yeah. maturity. Mm-hmm.
1: I noticed when I'm vulnerable with Angie, so something recently happened where I was really vulnerable with her. And all of a sudden there was like a breakthrough in her understanding of me. Hmm. It was, it was, it was kind of amazing. It was like, she just became really soft towards me. And I'm like, wow! I got to be more vulnerable with her more often. This is—it's <laughs> really great. <laughs> she's like, oh, she's
2: touching me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But,
1: but the, but there is a, there's a huge truth to what you're both talking about, yeah. which is, you know, two flesh, two become one flesh, right? In the Bible, but. Are you really one if you're not vulnerable with each other? Mm. And is there, are are we creating barriers to limit opportunities that that God wants us to be a stronger unit, a stronger team, so that he can be glorified in much deeper, magnified ways to the community, to your children, and all these things. I mean, it's such, there literally could be walls that Mm -hmm. could be broken down in marriages if they just showed that humility towards one another and were Grew, grew in yeah. comfortability of sharing the real things on their hearts, mm-hmm. and prayer is probably the safest way to do that because we have the protection of God. We're talking to God.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's true. It's so cool. Yeah. I,
3: I think the other uh, thing that I've I've experienced in my own life, things that I've I've considered. I'm like, oh, this is why am I having a hard time with these types of things? Um, I, I think over the last handful of generations, there's been a mentality shift on certain things that are spiritual certain things that are uh should be just marks of a a believer like a believer prays we talk to the god we believe in Mm -hmm. but it almost has a perception of um it's feminized it's like oh that's a praying out loud and worshiping like that and and doing these sorts of things and that sort of ministry is very that's what women do Not what men do. Men need to be quiet. Men need to be um, held in and you're not supposed to let go of anything and you don't reveal yourself. You use that word vulnerable and men are probably cringing like like, vulnerable. You want me to be like vulnerable (laughs) because we, you know, quote unquote, society has shifted this idea of like, no, or I don't know if it's been men or I don't know who did it, but certain things that should be marks of a believer, things that we do because it's what Christians do Oh, I, I don't do that because that feels too much like not who I am. You're like, well, no, actually, talking to God. If you read the Bible, all of the men, like even Paul, he's like, I, I wish that the men would pray with their hands lifted high, without anger. They're, that they're this. That, that it's a it's a masculine thing to fearlessly go before God. It says that we do it boldly.
2: Yeah,
3: and and to not think it's a Something that's outside of my ability or character, but it's actually something that my character needs to be conformed to that I know that I need God, that I cannot do this on my own, and that's much more strong than someone who acts as if they can do it on their own and tries to do it on their own and is we're going to always fail in that either by um, overpowering and being rude or angry or using our physical or and that and none of those things are going to be godly. The Bible t- teaches all about how we can be as godly men right. and so i just want to encourage the listeners and even myself because i have to be reminded of this that being a spiritual being a spiritual person talking to god coming to him being vulnerable with my wife are not feminine traits that's just those are, those are things that are spiritual traits because we trust in someone bigger than us and outside of us well i'll oh,
1: go ahead man. well i
0: was just i was I was thinking about where would this have this trend of femininity or, you know, um, it's,
3: I think it's perceived. Yes,
0: exactly. And you know, one of the things that I've noticed at churches recently is that they're always promoting women's prayer meetings. Women's prayer meetings. And mm. it hit me a few times because I was like, well, why aren't the men needing to pray too? Like, wasn't it just a prayer meeting? Why is it a woman's prayer meeting that we have a slide for in the slideshow? And it was multiple different churches that were mm. all putting these women's prayer meetings.
3: Pretty standard, yeah.
0: It is. It's a yeah. standard thing. And so I think that you really hit on something here that needs to be there. There's really a need for a revival in the yeah. churches that it's like, no, the women are not the only ones that need to pray. We need to have all believers praying men women children all ages it does there's no qualification to be able to talk to god Mm -hmm. jesus even fixed that yeah (laughs) the qualification
1: (laughs) was
3: christ
0: (laughs) exactly
1: i just want to encourage my brothers out there too that it does it's it's not about how long the prayer is
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's about Mm -hmm. praying and if we if somebody's of less words naturally they might be of less words in their prayers and it doesn't make it any Different in quality of a prayer, and so sometimes I think that it can be, it can be discouraging to men sometimes because women, a lot of them, have a lot more words, and that can come out in an eloquent prayer that's beautiful. And I mean, Angie's fantastic <laughs> at praying. So, so you know, but, yeah. but I learned early on that no, God made us differently. My mm-hmm. prayers can be short mm-hmm. and powerful, and hers can be long and powerful,
2: and that's yeah. great. Yeah, I do think that we can get caught up in the um, comparison in that insecurity place yeah. of. You know they do it better than me, or i I can't nope. follow that one up, you know but i I love what you're saying because it, it we need to be encouraging people all the time that um there's different giftings out there. some people do have a special way with words, and that's a good thing and that's okay, um, but it doesn't devalue anyone's small prayer and I always think of children we think about our children's oh, prayers yeah. and yeah. They're, <laughs> they're so humbling and they're beautiful and you, you know edie she's three and she'll um asked to pray, you know, and she looks around the room and she thanks God for everything she sees. And it's very random. <laughs> and at the end of it, we affirm her and we say, that was beautiful, Edie. Good job. You know, and it's like they they are simple and they are faithful. And it's just as important as someone else coming along and mm-hmm. sharing something that was very eloquent.
3: Yeah, I, I i think what you just said, the psychological ramifications of like, like God just made women differently and they do have more words. they They are able to communicate better especially in things of intimacy i think that i mean they they have emotions that they can tap into much quicker than men can but the reality is and jesus spoke on this like it's spoken of over and over again in the bible this idea that that it's not about the quantity of words or the specific words used it's about the heart of the one praying and it's it's so much so that we're told that when we don't know what to pray, that the spirit prays for us. And so uh, there should be freedom in coming to God. Not, if, not a fear of, I mean, we should have fear of God but in reverence of God, but not a fear of like, who oh, am I going to trip up in my words? God's like, are you coming to me? Is your heart with me? Are you for me? And there's been so many times that my prayers are just um, huffs. They're just breaths like, huh. and, I, and I'm sitting there quiet. And I have no, none, none words. Zero, none words. <laughs> none words. Yeah, zero words come out of my mouth, but I can feel my, me praying to God. I could, I could just feel my heart wanting to receive from God, and and like you said, that there could be a, you know, a, your like your wife is just a, beautiful with her words, and God's still looking at her heart, because someone can have all of the right words. Someone can have the the most poetic prayer, and God be like, no, like you, you're, you, what you just did was hypocritical. And, I, and I'm not receiving that because he wants us to pray with humility, with, hum, with like humble hearts, with sincerity mm-hmm. to him. That we come to him, not with a mask on, not fake, not trying to coerce, coerce him into anything, not trying to manipulate him or anyone listening to us, but true, honest, mm-hmm. sincere prayer. Which like you said, Isaac, it could be a few words. And it's God amazing. knows already what we need, it says. And so I just I pray everyone listening that, they would get out of any, any perceptions they have of like what it means to talk to God and that they would just talk to God, regardless of what they think, how they think other people do it, how they think, uh, how other people might think he, they should do it. He, um, and that they would just recognize that he's, he wants to hear from us.
1: We hope you're enjoying this episode. We just want to take a quick Mm -hmm. moment because there's so much free content we're putting out. Mm -hmm. The way we're enabled to do that is by people purchasing courses, people financially giving, people joining the Be Courageous app.
0: Switching where they get their coffee and to all buy those things. Be Courageous coffee. So
1: yeah. Ministry.org is where you can find all of that. Mm-hmm. And at CourageousParenting.com is where you can find the infamous parenting mentor program that thousands of parents are raving about. Intentional Christian parents go through this and it radically aligns Mm. their marriage and gives them a roadmap that they can make unique for their family and Mm -hmm. the needs of their family based on the training in there. And it's just incredible the fruit that's happened. So you need to learn more about that at, parent, at at CourageousParenting.com.
0: In addition, you guys, a lot of the parents who went through even some of the the very first programs that we did a few yeah. years ago, I'm just going to share with you guys um, one of the testimonials that we got. But I love seeing them active in the app with us because they're part of the the Be Courageous app, which is where the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program private group is at. Yeah. And so they're a part of all the future lives and able to participate in the Q&As. And we love hearing from them over and over again. But here's one of the reviews or testimonials from Marissa Rice. It says, when I talk to people I know personally, and they know my husband and I for a while, they make comments like, but even before the parenting mentorship, you guys love Jesus and you wanted the best thing for your kids and you worked hard to train them up in the Lord. And they're absolutely right. Yet I explain it to my friends this way. It was like we were on the same sports team together. You know, we wanted to win, but this training came along and literally trained us. And I'm so glad we showed up to practice such Aww. a cool testimonial we love the rices they and, were in our yeah.
1: second program we ever did mm-hmm. and they've been such supporters all along the way yeah so anyways we just uh wanted to share that and join us in the be courageous app it is free for the first seven days mm-hmm. and it is such a powerful community but there's also exclusive resources we're talking about marriage in this episode mm-hmm. like the courageous marriage series which is free for everybody in the app so right. come join us and we'll get back to the episode you know this is so true about prayer, and a lot of times, I think there's blockages of people praying because of their own relationship with God and maybe mm-hmm. some secret sin or something that they're keeping a secret from their spouse or mm-hmm. something just blocking their relationship with God God's always there. He's right there with them, but they somehow have something mm-hmm. that's limiting them from even having that kind of relationship with God where they feel comfortable just praying out loud mm-hmm. to their God and mm-hmm. so what do you guys think about that in terms of marriage?
2: Well, I think that we're advocates of transparency and and sharing. You know, I started my ministry under the term Unveiled Wife and just this idea that um, what I was learning in marriage was that when I share my heart with my husband and with God, there was this cool, like, corresponding emotional
3: yeah. Connect, understanding
2: connection, connection yeah. that I was growing in, in understanding the importance of those things. And it made me feel so much closer to Aaron when I was actually truthful and honest, even though it is scary to share, you know, things that you have in your heart that you don't want anyone to know. Or you, you think like, well, if I tell them this, how are they going to respond? And for you know, they're really going
3: to use it against me.
2: But yeah. for your spouse to be able to sit with you in that and love you still, that is true love. And that's a, that's a transforming feeling and, and experience. um, And it it changes a yeah. marriage. It, it's really powerful. And, and you experience that with God, too. And you can go to Him and, and offer your heart to Him. Because, you know, some people will say, like, He's the all-knowing. He already knows. Why do I need to go to Him in prayer? Which I was there before. Um, But what I experienced is there's a difference between Him knowing me and me offering myself up to Him to, to know known, me, yeah. to, to be known. And I don't know. I just... I-
3: I would encourage also, because there's probably a lot of marriages where either the husband or the wife's listening or both, and they will get that negative response if they're if they're doing what we say. They, maybe if they say, hey, can, would you pray with me? And they're going to be like, no way, <laughs> right? And that's going to be rejection, and no one likes rejection. Um, or they're going to reveal a, an area of their heart that they're afraid to reveal, and their spouse is going to not respond well to it. Maybe they're To be honest, they probably won't even know how to respond well to it. It'll just be... Just out of their nature, they're going to respond. But that that leads to this idea that we aren't doing this because we know the outcome of our spouse. We're not doing this because we can control the response that we get. We trust God. And so we, we can do things out of obedience, regardless of the response. You know, think about the martyrs preaching the gospel and then being killed for it. Like they, they didn't get the response they were hoping for. They got the opposite, but that was a part of the deal. And so in our marriages, we can trust God. And and it might even start there before even going to your spouse first, just go into a place of, okay, Lord, show me how to be bold and brave. Show me how to open up these parts of my heart that I've never revealed to my spouse before and help me to do it with you and for you first. Mm -hmm. And then would you, Prepare my spouse. Would you help them navigate how to walk with me in this? Would you, and I would imagine this. This goes for sin. This goes for um, past hurts. This goes for um, uh, emotional brokenness that has never been addressed or revealed. Um, There's a infinite number of situations that this could be, you know, causing these kinds of fears. But doing it in a form of the purpose is is healing before God. It's, it's a, it's closer relationship with God. It's growing in your faith with God mm-hmm. and you're trusting that God is going to deal with your spouse. You're trusting that he's going to lead them and guide mm-hmm. them and however long that takes. Mm-hmm. So I,
1: so good. So you know. good. I, I mean, we're living in unprecedented times. I mean, everybody understands this. We're seeing things happen before our eyes. It's kind of fascinating and exciting. to See some yeah. potential biblical prophecy coming about and so forth yeah. and being around in these times. But One of the things, and then you you have some people doing some light prepping, maybe some food storage, and you have people doing lots of it, and in between, and these kinds of things. And that's not what I'm getting to, but I think more important than that is marriage prepping and Mm -hmm. making sure our marriage is strong so that when we go in these harder roads down the road, Whether they're inflicted upon our marriage or upon our family, it might have nothing to do with our relationship, but we're more resilient. We're stronger. And I think that if people have been on the sidelines with praying in their marriage, with nurturing their marriage, with growing stronger as a marriage, they need to invest. They need to do that promptly because things aren't gonna get easier in society. But there we have a good God. And he, you know, we we have the Bible and it tells us, you know generally how things are going to happen and so we can see these signs and these things but you know what gives great confidence trust in the lord what also gives great confidence is when your marriage is strong and when your teamwork is incredible and through your team no matter what happens if you've got god and your marriage is strong united team and there's no secrets and you're praying together and you're growing together and you're each growing in your relationship with god That is such an amazing confidence. We can walk through these fascinating times in for the glory of God. And how attractive is that going to be? People are going to be like,
2: Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh when you were talking the word united stood out to me. I was thinking right before you said that unity, it's unity. Um and we need more unifying activities as couples. I feel like so often we have kind of individualized our lives as far as like ministry over here work there. yeah, we, we go to work, and... we do this, we do that and you can almost find yourself on autopilot in a sense of like just the pace of today's world. Mm-hmm. And um I think that marriages need something that will help unify them, so that they can do exactly what you're talking about. And prayer is a perfect way to feel unified in your marriage, even if the thing that you're praying about leaves you feeling a little disjointed. That's why you're bringing it to God. Yeah. The fact that you're doing it and praying about it is unifying, and it's bringing your oneness before God. And so, Isaac, I'll take
3: I'll take what you were just saying one step further. Like not only having you know having a strong relationship with the Lord, and also in your marriage that That family unit being like the f the focus the starting point um, is doesn't just make going through these things easier because it does, but it actually it it becomes a really powerful weapon for the kingdom of god that mm-hmm. there i mean we it, it tells us that we have an enemy that is against us, we have the powers of this this dark age and that's what we're battling against. And we're not battling in marriage. You're definitely not battling it alone and you shouldn't be. And, and there's a lot of marriages that are, yeah. that they're, they're battling on their own and they're not unified and they're not together. And how, how hard is that to battle against this external enemy? While at the same time, battle. you're battling your internal yeah. enemy. That, yeah. that doesn't make anything easier and you are not effective. So I've often said in the past that if the devil can't take your salvation, he's definitely going to take your effectiveness. Yeah. And so Are you being effective as a couple for anything in life? Raising good children, just that minimum. Is that one of them? Or having a a good example to your neighbors? Those are very small tools, but those are very powerful ones, let alone going and actually using your life and your resources and your time and your energy and your work as a form of of spreading Mm -hmm. and growing the kingdom
1: of heaven amen amen
0: it's interesting as we've been talking one of the things that um we get a lot of messages you guys probably do too from people who are in broken relationships yeah they're trying to rebuild trust they're trying to um they're trying to be patient with a spouse they're mm-hmm. trying to um, be kind to a spouse I mean yeah. just well, right can <laughs> literally think through and and as I was thinking of this question and this this topic i'm thinking of first corinthians 13 love is patient love is kind it is mm-hmm. not rude it does not boast it's mm-hmm. not self-seeking right mm-hmm. and then you think about prayer and what prayer does to help you love your spouse yeah. you know i also think of that scripture that says live with your wives in an understanding way lest yeah. your prayers be heard and mm-hmm. it's like that doesn't go just to the men like I take that as a warning too. Like I need to be living with my husband in an understanding way. And just as Isaac gave that example recently of being vulnerable with me and us being able to come together and how softer I got in my presence towards him, it was easier to love, be patient, Mm -hmm. be kind, be gentle, be self-controlled, to not be self-seeking, to not be rude. It was easy to be compassionate, to be kind, to be caring, to want to ask more questions. It was Your nature literally changes in you Mm -hmm. when your spouse is honest and vulnerable with you. Mm -hmm. And so how can a person live with a spouse in an understanding way if they don't have any communication, if they don't have any understanding of Mm -hmm. what's going on inside them? Mm -hmm. And if a person is having a hard time communicating in the first place, prayer is out like out loud in front of your spouse where you're communicating to God, maybe it's easier to say it to God because you've already said it to God, mm-hmm. but your wife hears and then it's easier for her to live with you in an understanding way or vice versa. Husband yeah, yeah, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I just even think of how, how many people are out there saying it's hard for me to be patient with my spouse. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to be, yeah. you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. that <sighs> the the scripture that jesus gives us when he's talking about how like the plank eye it's so powerful right and oh yeah it's easy to like talk about it like oh yeah like take the speck out take the plank out of your own eye and then you can see clearly in your brother's eye right most of marriage when you're not walking in the spirit when you're walking in the flesh is only ever looking at the speck in each other's eyes yeah. mm-hmm. and so there's something really diffusing d- disarming i should say to um, true in simple uh, confession and repentance, and mm-hmm. what that means is, so if I'm if I have a moment where I'm irritable, I'm irritable because it happens. I'm frustrated. I had a whatever happened today, or so, to be honest, sometimes I have no reason for it. I'm just am, and it's not good, right? Because mm-hmm. my flesh and stopping in the midst of lashing out and like, why did you do that? And stopping. Hey, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm a little irritable right now but I shouldn't have done that. You don't deserve that. Um, I'm going to go take a a moment and recalibrate. Just please don't hold on to what I just did. That was not intended. Something like that is so disarming. Mm -hmm. And if there's a pattern of that, even when like, there's probably a spouse right now that's like, well, my husband's always this, or my wife's always this. If you, as an example, practice the very thing that you wish your spouse would do the whole, Golden rule: Do unto others. Yeah. So, if you have hard time being patient, when you're impatient,
2: recognizing, recognizing, recognizing
3: it in the moment, be like, "I'm so sorry. I was very impatient with you. You don't deserve that. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. I will work on that."
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. That goes so far. It goes so much farther than you trying to tell the other person how they should change. Yeah. The mm-hmm. moment you recognize that, so, but that comes back to prayer. On the individual level of, okay, Lord, have, having a self awareness, a spiritual yeah. awareness of like, God, show me how I can influence this marriage. Show me how I can be an example to my spouse. And I think people would see some amazing fruit from that.
0: And if, you know, on that note of how I can change, also, mm-hmm. right? Like, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about, um, to, to wise on how they can encourage their husbands to lead. Cause that's one of the other very common questions mm-hmm. that we get on a regular basis. And um, one of the things that we, that Isaac and I talked about is, you know, a lot of times you can go through the ba- most basic list of, Oh, have you tried this? Oh, have you tried this? Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And they can go, I do it all. Angie. I, I do. I, I do all those things. It's not working. And then I go, well, so if, if all these things, You've tried and 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 it's not working. Then change you. Hmm.
3: Because no, The worst nothing... thing
0: happening <laughs> is nothing changes. What's the worst thing, right? And yeah. but the truth is, is like people will oftentimes pray for their spouse to change, right? And I'm not saying that it's bad. Like it, say so you worst case, I think you know someone has an addiction for something. You're gonna you're aware of it. You're gonna pray for them to not so, be in bondage and addiction, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm not saying don't pray for that. But sometimes the, the most valuable prayer is, Lord, show me how mm-hmm. I can change to help them better. Yeah. And, yeah. and to just love them more. Because sometimes the addictions, the sins, the different things, the struggles, the emotions, the irritableness, whatever it is, sometimes it's because it's triggered mm-hmm. too, right? By a spouse. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's so, a
3: pattern that happens. Yeah. And it's like exactly back, like back and
0: forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so you have to break the pattern. Right? And what's the best way like for for a couple that's maybe listening right now and they haven't prayed together out loud. Maybe and, and I'm not talking about like praying at the dinner table with the kids. I'm not talking about praying with the kids at bedtime and you're both there together and you're praying. I'm talking about in the bedroom, by yeah. yourselves, or on the date night, in the car, outside on a walk. You're just praying together. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if you've never done that before, maybe even when there isn't an issue. Just because you want to connect with God together, because there's like a sweetness there in marriage, Mm -hmm. that literally can be the weapon that breaks bondages.
1: Yeah,
0: it can be the thing that encourages and builds up your marriage in a way where, I mean, we we battle not against flesh and blood, right? Mm -hmm. But against principalities and high places, and there's definitely an enemy wanting to attack marriage. I mean. The fact that we're just getting the influx of so many marriages struggling right now, we're just like, whoa, Mm -hmm. there is an attack on marriage. Mm -hmm. And so what's the best armor that marriages can do first and foremost is to pray.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when we, what I've experienced is when, when we pray, it, uh, opens our spiritual eyes to see and look for that thing that we're praying for, that thing that we're hoping for, where before maybe we thought about it, but we're not really like paying attention as clearly and as closely. But when you go to God and you're, you're praying and petitioning for something, you're looking for it, which I think is really important. And,
3: uh, well, and it it actually makes a huge difference. There's so much psychology because God knows how he made us. Like our brains work the way they work because God designed them. Now things can dismantle and damage them, but in general, like we all love affirmation, we all yeah. love being encouraged, we all love being um, pointed out when the good when you do the good things, and we hate when you when the bad things are pointed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just natural, right? And when like what you're saying, if I'm praying for my wife um, in a certain way uh, for for how she is toward me, like in approaching me, and my heart is truly for her to grow in that area, my heart is truly to see God work in that area, and I'm probably going to be more prone to recognize it when she does little things, even if it's not exactly what I was hoping for. I'm like, wow, you, Mm -hmm. that's not normal. And you, you, and you went out of your way to do that. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm also going to be more prone to, to thank her for it, encourage her in it. And then psychologically physically, we actually start changing to be more like that thing. So you, not only do you pray for it and God's moving in his Holy spirit, but also we start to see it with our eyes open Mm -hmm. and we start to, encourage those things that's why the bible tells us to encourage each other all the more as the day draws near like every day we're to encourage each other when we see whatever is good and whatever is noble whatever is of of good report and whatever is praiseworthy that we think on those things yes that's what prayer does it aligns we have a a line in the beginning of our book it says we don't pray to um Bend bend god to our will we pray to align our hearts with his and that's what we're doing is we're, we're aligning our, our hearts, our eyes. Like you said, we start to see mm-hmm. when God is working and moving.
1: Amen. Well, with that being said, everybody needs to take the prayer challenge. I don't know if you call mm-hmm. it that or not. But this is a that's great That's a great
3: challenge, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the marriage prayer challenge and the marriage gift. And so can you just share a little bit about where they can get this and what's going on?
2: The easiest place that they can go to is themarriagegift.com and can read all the information that they want or order the book right there
3: yeah and if they want we just we've been doing an eight-part series on prayer specifically going through the lord's prayer on our podcast which is also called marriage after god so you can find it anywhere you subscribe to podcasts Uh, but we've been digging into a lot of things we've been talking about today based Mm -hmm. off of how Jesus taught us to pray. Um, so those are the two places: our, our podcast "Marriage After God" and themarriagegift.com dot com to get the book.
1: Awesome. Well, it's definitely worthy. These are amazing people. So everybody, check it out. Thank and you. so good to have you on the podcast and to see you guys. We yeah, miss we you guys it. a
2: lot. I know.
0: <laughs> yes, we miss it. We miss <laughs> oh. our double date again.
1: Yeah. Oh. So oh. good double dates in my memories. <laughs> I
2: love it. You guys are so easy to talk to. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Oh, really-
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Hey, thanks for listening and being a part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. Go to BeCourageousMinistry.org for more biblically-based resources, ways to switch where you spend your money that support the mission, and information about the incredible Be Courageous app community for believers.
1: Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
0: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video session with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting
1: this is an incredible self-paced program we cover everything from tending to their hearts handling obedience to overcoming mistakes most christians are making but more than that it's a supportive community you'll have access to our private group in the be courageous app live webcasts and direct access to us
0: if you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program secure your spot now at be courageous ministry.org that's be courageous ministry.org